What is Fifty Fresh, my listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Cougar Dice Section. And today I am joined by a very special guest, a band that I have seen for the first time back all the way in December for the famous uh, Las Vegas uh, hardcore toy drive show hosted by Black Path. And when I saw these guys play, they were fucking amazing. They fucking killed it. And I fell in love, which is why I am so excited today to uh, introduce a person whose name I'm hoping I don't butcher, Joel Stanshitsky from the end of everything say what's up hey what's up stanishevsky pretty close i would say overall you get a, a pretty good grade it's it's a very difficult name but uh i think you, you, you got it you got there you it go. so joel how um, how are you doing today like how, how how's the day been going um i know you, we were talking about how you work from home so this is kind of like a little break in between yeah um during the the uh covid shutdown back in 2020 i was working uh, i work in marketing so i was working for a marketing firm and we started working from home and i was like this is the best the best thing ever like i don't have i can roll out of bed like five minutes before my day starts i can take my sweet time i can work at my own pace i can watch tv in the background while i'm working and you know i'm never i'm never going back and how have so with like the whole like working from home thing, did that also give you a chance to like really like work on your craft and work on your music and other stuff? It, it what helps is uh, yeah. So Scott, our guitar player, he also works from home. Uh, he he does a hybrid schedule, but he can work from home whenever he wants. So we've there's been multiple times where we've been practicing or songwriting or even loading up gear to play a show and. I just bring my computer to his house. We just sit next to each other. We mess around, do some work, you know, go go into the practice room, jam a little bit, you know, look at our computer. So it's like, it's great. It gives you an opportunity uh, to kind of do two things at once. And you're not, you know, stuck, you know, waking up an hour before your work starts, getting ready to go into the office, taking a shower, driving in, hoping there's no traffic, driving home, changing out of your work clothes, that type of stuff. And, and being able to do it all, you know, just really cuts down on, on time wasting, wear and tear on your car, everything just makes your whole day go by so much easier. Definitely. I I would definitely say that. I remember doing school online during the pandemic year, 2020, like two minutes before my classes start, I would just roll out of bed, just open my laptop, you know. Admittedly, half the time, I would just go back to sleep for, for the class. But, you know, we don't talk about that. I mean, I do the same thing. My work setup is, I mean, I'm five feet from my couch. So there's plenty of times when I'm like, you know, I'm kind of tired or I got a headache or whatever. And it's just like, I'm just going to go lay down for a little bit. And when I get back to my computer, I'll get back to it. And, you know, that's, it's great. I think it's awesome. You know, and also located next to your little desk setup is I see in the background, like a whole ass arcade machine. It looks like. So I, <laughs> so I have a, I have a little girl, I have an eight year old daughter. Um, and uh, I, I really wanted to get an arcade machine. Like my whole life. I was like, man, arcade machines are so cool. And so I brought her to the pinball hall of fame. I taken her to arcades 
all over town. And I'm always like, yeah, arcade machines are awesome. And I was like, you should ask Santa for one for Christmas. And she was like, <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. And I was like, yeah. So I found this dude on Facebook Marketplace who custom builds arcade machines. So it's got like her name on the top and designed. I got to design it however I wanted. And it had like 4,300 games loaded onto it. What and the fuck? It's amazing. It's amazing. So she was like super stoked because she could just play, you know, we were playing the Simpsons, like right off the get, we were playing that. And, and it's crazy is that there's still, this is now what, six, six months after that. And I'm still finding games on the machine that I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea this game was on there. And it's still like a surprise every time you log in because it's 4,300 games. So you scroll through, you find a game you like, you play it. And then when you're done, you turn it off or whatever but like i was i was just thinking about like a couple maybe like not even two weeks ago i was thinking about the beavis and butthead game that they made for arcade machine and so i looked it up and and it was on game yeah so the story of the beavis and butthead game is they got they won guar tickets and a dog ate them and then they got and then they got the dog to like spit them out i i gotta remember the the storyboards for the beginning of the game and then they go it gets the tickets go on the front lawn lawn and they get run over by a lawnmower so you got to go all around town and find the little pieces of the tickets so that beavis and butthead can go see guar my god that's very on par for beavis and butthead yeah it's amazing Wow, that's all. And so, with all of the like the how how many games on it with the customization, how much did that cost? All like in in the end, it wasn't even that much. It was like a thousand dollars. That's it. Yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah, I was super stoked on it. Like, yeah, to me, that's a, a good investment, right? That is a great investment. And uh, so, how did that like work with the whole like asking for Santa for it and like that whole like? Yeah. So, so she went and uh, met with Santa, you know, on the you know two weeks or whatever before Christmas, and um, she had asked for that, and she asked for something else, and I can't remember what the other thing was. Um, and I'd been in contact with the guy who was building it, and so I went out there to his house and I met him and gave him a deposit and he showed me like the one that he has like set up in his house and it's going to look just like this, but you can get whatever graphics you want on it. Uh, You can get it to say whatever you want. And I was like, cool. So uh, I hit her up and I was, I hit this dude up and I was like, cool. And he was like, yeah, I'll deliver it for like 20 bucks. And this dude was like clear on the other side of town. And I was like, perfect. So um, my daughter had like a doctor's appointment or something like that. And uh, I had the dude come right during then. And I, I brought it in the house. I set it up. I moved the tree. I had to move the Christmas tree to a different location. <laughs> and then I put a note on the door from Santa that he had to deliver something early because he didn't have enough room in his sleigh. And I made sure when she came home with her mom that I wasn't home. So she saw the note on the door. And then she was like, I came, I, she was like yelling, come here, come here, hurry up. Santa's been here. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so I, you know, played dumb and get to the door and open up the letter. And it's saying, you know, hey, we got this. We had to deliver it a little early. And she opens the door and she's like screaming, like screaming. So that's like my neighbors are coming out, like making sure everybody's OK. No one's. Oh, my God. And, and she was like so stoked. And, you know, just been gaming ever since. That is like was so adorable, so adorable and just so amazing. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. The only downfall is, is I didn't get any credit for it. You know, Santa gets all the credit. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I guess, guess that's cool. That's good. I mean, like in a few years, this right. yeah. in, a, in a year or two, she'll, she'll figure out, you know, what's what then she'll probably ask me and I'll be like, well, yeah, you know. Yeah. Or she'll listen to this episode and be like, right. wait a minute. She'll be like, holy shit. He's been lying to me <laughs> my whole <laughs> life. Telling me about Santa. I'm so sorry. No, I won't sorry. let her listen. I don't let her listen to things that have swear words in them because it's bad enough as it is. She hears a bunch at school and whatnot. And she's still, in my mind, she's still innocent. So I'll let it. Uh, I'll let that facade stay up for as long as I can before, you know, the real world. Before the real world comes in. Yeah, it's smart. You know. Well, you know. Um, why don't we like? get back to like the music and the band and you know tell the audience you know a little bit about yourself and like what you do in the end of everything and kind of what the end of everything is especially like in the vegas scene yeah uh so um uh, a couple of years ago well uh, i've played in bands like my whole life i convinced my parents when i was like 13 years old to buy me a drum set and i've been playing in bands uh ever since I've been a drummer, I've been a singer, I've filled in as a bass player. Um, and when I moved out here to Las Vegas, um, I, met a, I met a guy named Scott and, you know, we got along really well. We always were talking about music, always, you know, showing each other bands that we had listened to because he grew up on the West Coast. I grew up on the East Coast. So there's a lot of bands that you didn't, you know, we didn't have streaming sites back back when I was a kid. Um, so you had to just base it off of like word of mouth or you've read it, you read about it in a fanzine or someone showed you this band. So we did a lot of, you know, chatting and, you know, talking about our love of music and wanting to start a band. And, um, him and I started, a, started this band. Um, we, tr we started it back a couple of years before the current end of everything as it is now, it was just me and him. And we just kind of like started messing around, writing some songs and just kind of fizzled out and we we're just like yeah whatever no big deal and uh a couple of years later we decided we we're going to try it again so the first demo that we put out was just me and him so he played guitar and bass i played drums and i sang and we just started talking to friends uh and like hey you want to play in this band and so we we got some some people to join the band and kind of just went from there and uh just two days ago was the four year anniversary of our first show. So four years ago, we played our first show. Uh, it was at the Garth House with Clear Focus, which was a, a Buffalo straight edge band, uh, Dying For It, who's still around and, and making moves. Uh, I think they're from like more like Northern California. Uh, World Tension, Oversight. And it was awesome. It was like our first show and I was you know, nervous and excited and uh, everything all at once. I, I hadn't sang for a band in, in a long time. And so I was super stoked to, to give it a go. And, uh, you know, four years later, we're still uh, around and kicking. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. That, like the, the four year anniversary like was really recent as well. Yeah. So it was super, super exciting, super exciting time for us. Um, you know, like you had said, your first time seeing us was at the toy drive. So we'd played shows for a couple of years. We did a little mini tour 
um, up and down California a couple of years ago, and then COVID hits and, you know, it um, puts a, a halt to a lot of things that's going on. So, you know, bands practicing, shows happening, people who are into the scene, you know, not being into hardcore anymore, or, you know, it happens all the time, you know, you're into hardcore, and then you like listen to something else, and then you kind of start being less interested in hardcore bands or I'm not, I don't like this new style of hardcore. I don't. So people come and go and it happens with every kind of musical genre. Um, but because I think because hardcore is like a tight knit community of people that when you see somebody at shows for years and then you don't see them again, you're just kind of like, damn, that kind of sucks. You know, like that person was yeah. cool and they just kind of, you know, gave up on it or whatever, or moved on. And again, nothing against moving on and, and, broadening your horizons and doing other things that's great if you want to do that but uh, as a person who's basically been the same person that I've been since I was 13 years old I feel like you know I've, I, I when I see that it kind of just kind of bums me out you know kind of hurts my soul a little bit so the fact that you know COVID the initial pandemic restrictions started getting lifted and uh, shows started coming back and we played uh, our first show back was with Terror and Dare. Um, I don't remember the exact other bands off the top of my head, but Terror obviously was the headline of the show. The show sold out in like six hours. And I was like, Whoa, that's crazy. This shit. is amazing. That's impressive. And um, there was probably like, I want to say like five or six bands on the entire show. And we, of course, were playing first. All the other bands were the touring bands. So we played and it was a good crowd and we played fine and it was great. And it was, you know, great to be back. But it wasn't like, I was just felt like we were just we as a band and we as a scene and as a as a crowd were just not into it. You know, people were just back from the pandemic. So there was still a little like, you know, do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Do I mosh? Do I not mosh? Do I sing along? Do I not sing along? You know, and then, of course, for bands, like, oh, Drain also played, you know, so Terror and Drain, those bands are huge. So when it comes to those bands, people are like, all right, I'm going to mosh. I'm going to sing along, you know, and then we didn't really do much after that until until that toy drive show and uh, it's so funny that 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 was the first show that you saw us because we were scott and i were talking um before that show and i was like i feel like the band as a whole is just kind of losing momentum and that's never what you want to do as a band you want to keep gaining momentum and playing bigger and better shows and playing higher on the bill so more people see you and you know, putting out more music and, and doing anything and everything you can do to, to kind of have your band get bigger. And we were just kind of in neutral, you know, and there were other bands in the scene that were kind of moving forward. And that's great. I'm not saying that I don't want other bands to be successful. Of course, I want bands to be successful. Um, and seeing those bands playing more shows and getting bigger and getting more followers. And, you know, I was like, that's great. For them but i also want that for us so we had talked like we need this toy drive show to be like awesome like we need to make sure we play super tight we play with a lot of energy we hopefully we can get our energy to be into the crowd and have a really fun show and i think that show was like a real big turning point for us um both as a band kids watching us and as a band that we felt like we were giving our our best effort and so that show to, to, to me was like a really big turning point. Like, you know, you play a show, your first show, and it's great. You play your first big show, and that's great. You play your first out-of-town show, and that's great. Um, but, but 
there was a, that was another really important show for us, I think, to, to I don't want to say cement our legacy, but to make sure people who either missed us at the terror show or weren't going back to shows just yet because they were a little unsure about it, new people that were joining the scene who had, you know, had gotten into hardcore during the pandemic or right before the pandemic and didn't go to a lot of shows quite yet, I think that kind of gave us I kind of validated us as like a good band in Las Vegas, you know? And I, I felt like before then we were just kind of like in the middle of the pack of like just it being in neutral. So I, I wanted to make sure that we, we wanted to make sure that, that that show was like epic. And for us was pretty epic. Like it was an awesome show. I, I loved that show. That was a great show. I love the toy drive shows are awesome. We've played three of them. I think there's only been three and I think we've played them all. And that that show has always been super fun for us. And there's great turnout. It's for a great cause. You get people that come out to a show that might not always come out to hardcore shows, but like, oh, I like heavier music. And I'm friends with this person who's friends with this person who's in this band or their coworkers or, it's a, you know, so you get people that come out to a show that are into heavier music, but don't necessarily know about the Las Vegas, like local hardcore scene. So you get, you know, new faces, you get new people and hopefully you can, you know, get these people to come more regularly to the shows and you just, you know, kind of build, build on the scene as a whole. Yeah. And I think that's great, especially with like, cause like a lot of people, especially in town here, like they're like aware of like the base of like the hardcore scene and they're aware of like the venues and like everything they're doing, but they don't really know details. And with events and shows like the toy drive and other like big ones, like they're the ones that are like selling out, like they make the rounds and it gets people like more like uh, information about like what bands do what, who's in these bands and like who kind of like runs everything and how, you know, our, our scene is. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the more shows come around and the bigger shows that come around that sell out or get well attended, you know, even like it helps everybody. It helps because then the booking agents who just booked, we'll just say for the sake of argument, knocked loose when they played here. They played here like two years in a row, uh, once at the VFW Hall and then once um, I can't remember where they played at somewhere else, not triple B's, but something like that. And, you know, those shows doing well and that band doing well starts new bands gets more people to come out to shows get people that come out to see oh i really like knocked loose i'm gonna go see them and then they get a flyer for another show and they're like oh cool i'm gonna check this out and just it helps everything it helps the booking agents feel more comfortable having their other tours from their other bands come through las vegas it helps the promoters here in town to be successful enough that they can take a chance on a band like oh cool I wasn't going to book this band because it kind of cost a lot of money for the package or whatever, but we did really well on this show. So let's keep that momentum going and get more shows here. And so it just helps everybody. It helps then the local bands to be added on to a show, um, you know, to, to play in front of, you know, two, 300, 400 people. And I, I think it just ends up, you know, being awesome. Yeah. Especially with like the promoters and like them, like really having to decide, like, do I want to, you know, take a chance on, you know, this, these, this band on like what they're doing. Cause uh, like I even do like show promoting and show booking myself. It is not cheap, like at all. Like you really have to like be, you know, um, you have to feel strong about like the bands you're booking and people you're working with. Cause it's like, if it doesn't work out, like it, it's a loss, which is going to happen every now and then, but you definitely want to try to min minimize the losses as much as possible. 
yeah, you want to be able to that touring band, whether they're they have a guarantee or they don't, or it's a day off and or they just need someone to help you along the way, like, hey, we need a show here, and you're trying to find a spot for them, and you want it to be successful. You want those bands to to have a good experience in Las Vegas, and you want the the people who go to the show to have a good experience at that show, so that that band let's say that band came through as a small band and now they've gotten pretty big and now they remembered that you booked that show and you took care of them. And, you know, then that's definitely something that sticks with them. I have, um, I have a friend back in Buffalo who books tons of shows, small shows up to huge shows. And um, I remember this is going back years and years ago. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of dashboard confessional, the big oh, definitely. emo dream performer um he would book my friend chris would book dashboard confessional when he was by himself in a car and he would come through and he's played he played basements in buffalo he was added on to some free show and you know played like second out of like seven bands and he remembered that so when he ended up getting huge it didn't make a difference what any other promoter offered him he didn't care it was like, I don't care what you have to offer me. I'm I'm working with Chris. So he would end up booking him at like arenas. So he was booking him in like, you know, small arenas. So he went from booking him and taking care of him in a basement to that connection and that carrying into years and years later, him booking him on massive, massive tours. So anytime a promoter can can have a really good, relationship with a band or with another with a booking agent that just carries over and helps out that person it helps out the scene it helps out the bands it helps out the fans it helps out everybody so you know anytime anyone can successfully put on a show it's it's great for the city oh yeah it's so exciting seeing just everything just grow over time and you know with everything like growing over time uh one thing i really want to talk about is like like you said before like the end of everything has like been around and been doing things for a long time you know like even like looking at your guys's like um material on like streaming services like your first release was way back in 2019 which is about like three-ish years ago how would you say that over the courses over the course of time like the band has grown in terms of like writing in terms of getting used to each other from 2019 to like today yeah, so that the the songs that are on that 2019 release, the EP, uh, this means war. That's our first two demos combined. So, uh, like I said, Scott and I had recorded the first four songs by ourselves, just us two, then uh, recruited Chris and Artie and Octavio, who ended up leaving the band, and now Justin plays second guitar. So we we wrote that first EP, and then we wrote collectively the next two songs uh, as a band. And so those five songs, because one of them we cut because it was just a really, really old song. Those five songs got released in 2019, but they were both written in 2018, probably middle of 2018, beginning of 2019 type of thing. Um, and we, we ended up talking to um, War Against Records and we just kind of clicked. And I, I don't remember how it even started. Like, I was just like, you know, when we were writing songs, I would just like, chat with like record labels and zines and booking agents just anybody like hey this is our band check us out if you like it cool if you don't like it cool that's cool too just check it out you know that was been that's been our our goal the entire time is to get as many people uh to listen to our music as possible 
So we want that to happen. So whether, whether we make money on a tour, break even on a tour, lose money on a tour, that that's not a big deal for us. Like no one wants to lose money, but what we want to do is to play shows and have people listen to our music. So whatever we can do to do that, we'll, we'll do. And we've kind of like evolved, like I said, you know, cause Scott and I wrote that first, those first four songs and we still play one or two of those songs, but there was no additional band input. It was just like me and him just kind of, you know, putting songs together. And since then it's kind of evolved into, um, you know, a, a more, I guess even streamlined, more streamlined process. So like Scott will come with like a riff and he'll be like, Hey, what do you guys think of this? And he'll be like, that's cool. And then Chris will be like, what about this afterwards? Or what if I play this drum beat? Or what if we play this instead? And it just kind of, you know, evolves into a more group dynamic. So everyone has their fingerprints in it. So it's, you know, I, you know, I didn't write this song, but, you know, I wrote the drum part. I didn't write this song, but I wrote the bass line or I came up with the second part that we kind of modified this breakdown into a different part. And then, you know, I came up with this idea to do this. And so I think we all get to put our own like finishing touches on it and, you know, to be able to, to write words for these songs, I think is great. And I think me writing lyrics has evolved as the band's gone on. Um, you know, at first you're just trying to write something that just sounds cool to say, whether it has a lot of meaning or it doesn't have a lot of meaning. And since that, since the start of the band, I just have this like notebook, notepad app on my phone. I just constantly am just writing stuff down and I'll be driving and some, something will just stick into my head. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool line. Let me write that down. I don't have any other thing that goes with it, but let me just write that line down, whatever that is. And just kind of see where it goes um, from there. And I remember when, when we put out our, our seven inch, um, things are about to change. We wrote two or three of those songs long before we planned on recording them. So two or three of them were already done. We wrote another one and um, and then the, the first song on the record, uh, the company I keep, we wrote that song and I was like, man, this song's really good. Like this kind of like encapsulates like everything musically that our band is about. It's got, you know, some, some kind of cool riffage. It's got a fast part. It's got a slow part. It's got double bass. It's got like everything that kind of what we've been kind of evolving towards. And so it took me a long time to write lyrics to that song because I was, I was just like, I don't want to mess this up because this song to me is like awesome. This is like our hit single, if you will. And I don't want to write something bad that's going to ruin the song. And so it took me a really long time to write lyrics to that. And even with my, my lyric writing, like I was saying, like it's, it's evolved. And so at first it was kind of just like basic, you know, I guess you could say generic hardcore lyrics. And as my life and things have changed and, um, everything going on it's my my the way I look at things also changes so the way I think about things changes so the way that I'm going to express myself now versus four years ago has changed so I feel like I've evolved as a songwriter if you will and I'm I'm never gonna act like I'm some you know genius with a pen writing some super deep lyrical things that make people just you know, holy shit, that was deep, you know? Yeah, but, like you're not going to write like the next Bible. 
Right. But I want to make sure that I write something that means something to me. And if people read along to the songs and they are like, oh, that's cool. You know, I think the greatest accomplishment a singer can get is for somebody to to read along with your song and to think like, that makes me think about this. You know, I wrote it because of this. But if you think about something else, then I've succeeded because it's got you to think about whatever that thing is that is is important in your life or happened to you positive or negative and because that's what got me to write that song and i think whatever you can do to to contribute to somebody's enjoyment of of music is just great it's just amazing like what a what an amazing thing that but that people can do any type of involvement that you can have in the music scene booking shows doing podcasts taking photos taking, you know, videos and, and posting them online so people can remember these shows, writing these songs, putting on these shows, all that stuff has such an impact in people's lives that, you know, it had a, it's, it's had an impact in my life, you know, for probably a lot longer than most people that go to shows, but that's cool. Like I'm cool with being the old guy that goes to shows, you know, I'm cool with being the guy who's seen uh, you know, a uh, dead guy before they became super popular and did a reunion show, like whatever yeah. <laughs> that is, whatever that is that you can do. I mean, that's amazing to just be a part of it. And we're all a part of it together. And we're all just kind of taking this journey together. And it, it's great. Like, what a fucking awesome thing to be part of. And you're right. I think that it's so awesome. And like, especially like the whole idea of like not bragging about how you like found something first or like taking, I guess, like, what's the word? Like taking it as like your own or like you have ownership over it. But instead of being like, oh, you know, at first, like I was like kind of the only one that kind of knew this, but now everyone like knows about it. And like we could like share this love together and we could like go back to the old stuff together and just like seeing everybody grow with like success and just like really be able to achieve their, their, their dreams is just amazing. For sure. And let me add one more aspect of it. That is another mind blowing thing. Having people sing along to your songs is the fucking greatest. It's the best feeling in the world. I can only imagine how it feels if you're kill switch engage and you're having thousands and thousands of people scream your lyrics at you. I don't care if it's one or 10 or 20 at a show. Like to me, that's just incredible. Like what an incredible feeling to have that somebody listened to your song and listened to it enough times and read along that they know what you're saying and they're going to sing it to you when you're singing it back. And I mean, it's fucking awesome. And that does sound so awesome. And like, for example, like um, just a few days ago, I went to like the Slipknot concert they had at MGM. Um, I was like standing like in the front, like in, on the floor and like the people around me were singing so loud. Like I had trouble hearing Corey Taylor singing. And it's like with a band on that level, having like the entire audience just like sing your song. Like it's a feeling that I can't even begin to imagine like what it's like. <laughs> Yeah. And then factor that into the fact that that's their jobs. Like Corey Taylor's job is to be a rock star, you know? And I don't know if, it seems to me that that band as a whole, like just did their, is still doing their thing. Like they didn't, you know, change their style or reinvent themselves to, to become a popular band. They just became a popular band and they're still doing it on their own terms. And they get to do that every day 
or as many days as they want. And, and people are still enjoying it and they're making money doing it. They're able to provide for their families and, and, and still just keep doing this music thing that they love so much. And it's and hopefully one day, like, every, like, you know, you, you and you guys could like live off music if that's what you guys are like really want to do. Well, I won't, I'm too, too old for that. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, being part of the, the hardcore scene, unfortunately has like a, a has like a, uh, what's the word I want to say? Like an age limit. There's like an age limit to what's, when you become, when you're like still like the cool scene veteran to when you're just like the old guy, like who's that old guy at the back of the show? So Damn, how, whatever, well, I, whenever that is, <laughs> whenever that is, I don't know, but uh, I'll, I'll stay, stay on as long as I can. I know it's so funny too because with like different like scenes and different like music um genres like the old guy always has a different age like with like with hardcore the old I feel like the old guy kind of hits like around like 40s or 50s all right so I still got I still got some time so I got some time but like if you go to like a to like a like a punk house show you know you're the old guy if you're like 22 23 right (laughs) there's been times there's been times where I've gone to house shows and I'm just like, oh my gosh! I, 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 there, I went to go see um, uh, Close Combat and Military Gun, Spelling Hands, at uh, House on New York. I want to say it is, and uh, the cops showed up, and I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here! Like, if the cops come into this backyard, they're gonna come right to me because they're gonna be like, <laughs> Sir, are you the homeowner? And I'll be like, No, dude, I just came no. for a show. So I was like, I gotta get, I gotta dip, and so me and my buddy Artie, like we were like we left and kind of like went out the side and like walked around the block the other way and like, you know, hung out at the car for a little bit and then then came back to watch Military Gun because I wanted to make sure I saw him, but I was just like, you know, I feel like if the cops bust through that door, like they're coming right at us, you know, they're not going for the young kids who are you know drinking a beer, they're coming for me. Like, what are you doing? Is this your house? You know, are you so, allowing these children to drink beer? <laughs> right. Did you buy this beer for these kids? So, yeah. But again, it, it, yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, yeah, there's, there's an age where, you know, you can't be 30 years old and going to see a Justin Bieber concert because you're just like, who's this fucking guy? You know, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're, you know, unless you're there with a kid. Um, yeah, no, literally, that's the only exception. And there's like so many cases of like people of, of like grown men being so like such big fans that they got to like force their niece to like go with them. Right. I went, um, I can't remember what year this was. This was probably like five, six years ago. Um, I have a bunch of friends that were on Warp Tour and it was in town. I was like, cool, I'm going to go. I'm going to, it was, I remember it was like insanely hot that day. And I was like, I'm just going to go and, and see a couple of friends, say hi, maybe watch a band or two and just bounce. And I remember walking through and I was looking for my friend's uh, merch table and some guy comes up to me he's like, hey, did you just come from the parents' tent? And at the time I didn't have a kid. So it has to have been further back. It had to have been like nine years ago. So nine, 10 years ago, I'm at Warp Tour and some guy's asking me if I came from the parents' tent. And I was like, holy shit, I'm old. Like, holy I'm officially shit. old. I'm officially <laughs> an old guy. And I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. If, if, if playing in a hardcore band and going to hardcore shows makes you feel young and makes you feel alive then great fucking all the power to you uh um, power to you and man. If, if you're 13 14 years old and you're going to your first hardcore show awesome all the power to you and i hope that you know that kid 
has a great experience and keeps coming to shows. And I hope anyone, you know, that just goes to shows just keeps enjoying it and, and seeing the growth of, of the scene and the growth of all the bands that are playing in Las Vegas and just having the opportunity to see them, you know, do as much as they possibly can. Of course. And, you know, that's amazing too, especially with the thought of like, like such young kids going to like the first hardcore show, like, please come, like, please come support. Like, we'd love to like show you like everything we would do here. Just, you know, just try not to get punched in the pit, please. Right. Yeah. Try to, <laughs> yeah, try to, try to not get hurt. And then you won't come back because you got your nose broke at a show or something like that. So yeah. And then yeah. like it, your mom, like sends an angry yeah, message on exactly. Facebook to, at the band. <laughs> Yeah, I remember going to show. I've, I've been, like I said, I've been going to shows for a long time, and knock on wood, I've never gotten like a super bad uh, injury or anything broken or teeth knocked out or anything. But like, you see it happen, and it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not intentional for the most part. So yeah. as long as you, you know, you, you take whatever you, uh, you take your lickens, and you're like, all right, cool. I, I, you know, I was trying to mosh with the big boys, and I got popped in the head, and, you know, you know, take notes. You know, take, don't definitely uh, take notes. Don't, because. don't, don't keep getting <laughs> hit in the head, you know, go the other place, go to another spot. And it's, it's to the point, like, I mean, I still occasionally, and I say very occasionally will mosh. There's still some bands that I'm just like, fuck it. I got, I'm dancing for this band. I love this band. I want to fucking mosh. But even as an older person, you got to remember like, Hey, you know, I can't move like I used to move. I might, you know, pull a muscle in my leg trying to do a spin kick and then I'm out of commission for a month, but ah, you know, shit. Yeah, keep you gotta just you know keep that dream alive. Keep having fun. Keep the dream alive. And something that definitely scares me is that I've had so many of my personal friends get like not like serious injuries, but definitely get more than just a blow in pits. And like I just like if if it's happening to almost all my friends, eventually it's coming to me. I, I've gotten knocked <laughs> in the head so many times that I just you know brush it off. But one one day. One day they're gonna have something on their hand. They're gonna be wearing a certain like wrist accessory, and it's not gonna end well. But you, know, you gotta prepare, and even like you said, like since I'm still young, I gotta I gotta have fun while I can. You know, I, I already got a bad back, so you know my <laughs> no, you're, my, you're my, in trouble. my I know my clock's already ticking. Like I I am not excited yeah, for like you, ten years from now. You go through this like you know, different age groups. You're just like, well, if I'm, if I get hit, I'm fine. I, you know, I'm on my parents' health insurance. I'm young. I'll bounce back. Then you're in like, you're like later, you know, mid to late twenties. And you're like, well, I don't have health insurance. I'm off my parents' health insurance. I have this shitty job. I can't go to work tomorrow with a black eye. So I got to kind of take it easy and hope that I don't hurt myself. And then you get a little older and you're like, all right, well, I have health insurance. I got a good job, but you know, I can't, uh, you know, what happens if, what happens if I'm moshing at a show and I hit some 14 year old kid that's at their first show and I break their nose I'm gonna feel bad like oh shit I just hurt this kid I don't want to get arrested now for assaulting a minor so let me uh you know let me just step take a step to the back seat and I and I feel like most people that that dance and do it because they love the music and they want to just you know let go do it in a safe way you know of course you know friendly fire happens you know but most people, when they dance, they just want to, you know, have their fun and, and you know, throw some punches and some kicks and just, you know, move out of the way. So as long as you're always having fun and, and doing it in a way where you're not going out of your way to try to hurt someone, I think, you know, you're, you're doing a good job. And you're in the clear, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, 
what can we expect in like in the future for the end of everything can we expect more songs from more people to dance to can we expect you know more projects more shows because i know it's been almost it's like almost a year since your last release so have you guys been like cooking it up yeah so we put out our, our seven and shows our last uh you know official uh band release uh at the end of 2020 and then um we put out we did we were trying to record a bunch of cover songs during uh, COVID and, you know, due to us not practicing as much as we could have or should have. And that it, our four or five cover songs became two cover songs. So uh, we put them out, I think in July of last year. And then in August of last year, no, two years. No, I don't fucking know the days, the days they just kind of blow by um, August 6, 2021. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, so we did them in a year. Yeah, well, about a year ago, we put out two uh, two different cover songs, and um, the the latter, the American Nightmare cover, which is where we got the band name from, the end of everything. Um, and so when when the band itself started, Scott and I talked about how much we loved American Nightmare, and um, he's like, "What do we call the band? The end of everything?" And I was like, "All right, cool." And uh, then it just kind of happened. And then when we were talking about doing cover songs, we're like, well, we got to do the end of it. We got to do AMPM by American Nightmare. That's where we got our band name from. Be perfect. We don't necessarily sound like American Nightmare, but I feel like it was a good homage to, to the band that kind of uh, gave us a name. And, um, but anyways, uh, yeah, we're in the process of, of finishing up writing about six or seven new songs um, and a cover song. So our label had asked us to record a, a cover song. So we're kind of uh, in the process of figuring that out right now. And then we got, like I said, about six or seven other songs. And uh, we're just kind of getting all of our ducks in a row, getting our timing down and everything on the parts. And we're going to start uh, recording next month. And not exactly 100% sure what we're doing yet with it. Uh, but we're going to have something, something new, hopefully hopefully soon. Unfortunately, you know, with, with vinyl pressing plants and whatever, it takes a long time now uh, due to supply and, and, you know, trucking issues, but hopefully we'll have uh, a new, a new release out soon because, you know, we want to keep putting out new music. We, we like the songs that we're writing, you know, we're kind of, I think most bands just kind of evolve naturally. You know, you, you hopefully get better, you get better at your instrument, you get better at writing lyrics. You get better at recording. You get better at everything. So hopefully the that transition to us getting better at all of our tasks will help us to write better songs and get uh, more people to listen to them. Like we said, that's that's the main thing. Is I just want people to listen to our songs. So if that, I mean, when we did our first demo, we probably gave out like I don't know four or five hundred copies at shows just because we wanted people to hear our songs. We Holy didn't care shit, that we were losing money. We just burned CDs and, and dubbed tapes and printed out covers and gave them out because we just wanted people to, to hear our songs. And, you know, that's the main thing. So whatever we, we do next, we just want as many people to hear us as possible, whether that's through, through streaming sites or buying physical media or seeing us at a show. That's the main thing that, that we want. 
and, and that's actually really really cool the whole like giving away like so many cop because like usually with like artists like they'll give away maybe like three or four copies like at every show they play but like a uh, hundred like that's a lot that's really really cool that you guys like did that i mean that's the benefit of of being able to record ourselves so scott has a studio at his house chris has a studio at his house uh like i said my friend nathan he mixes and masters our stuff so we were able to get our recordings done fairly cheap. Um, so we're able to, now granted, you have to buy all that stuff. You're buying microphones and you're buying preamps and you're buying microphone stands and all that stuff. So of course it costs money to buy those things, but the recording itself is usually fairly cheap. Um, this time around, we're, we're, we're driving out to, to California to record in uh, Garden Grove. So hopefully, you know, with a, a different engineer that's not us in a different room that's not us and with different microphones and different a collaboration hopefully we can get uh, our next release to be that next step up both musically and sonically to to you know hopefully take us up to wherever our maximum capacity can be you know whether that's where the you know fifth biggest band in Las Vegas or the second biggest band in Las Vegas. I don't know what that is. I don't know who the person is who tells us that we are or not, but you know, I just want us to be able to play shows and, and have people listen to us. That is so cool and very, very exciting. Like I can't wait to see like what you guys do in the future. And I can't wait to even like hear more, more stuff coming from you guys. Thank you. We're excited for it as well. Well, yeah. Well, you know, um, Joel, like before you wrap up, is there anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to let the listeners know? Like, where can they find all of you guys' like streaming services, uh, social media? Where can they buy merch at? Yeah. So, uh, the end of everything 702 is our Instagram handle. Um, we are on War Against Records, uh, which is the handle for them as well. You can go to the War Against Records website. I believe they have a couple more of our seven inches left. Um, that's about all they have left on the web store. We have a couple left. Also, we have some shirts, we have some hats. We're hopefully going to make some new merch in the near future. Um, our band members also play in other bands. So our drummer, Chris, he plays in the hate. He plays guitar and sings in the hate. He sings for a band called Lords of death. Our bass player, Artie, he plays in a band called God's America. Um, Scott and I have been jamming with a side project for a bit. And we've uh, kind of got a full band, <laughs> kind of. Um, we're just kind of messing around right now. We don't know exactly what we're going to do with this whole band yet, uh, but we've been jamming on it. And I think it's just, that's the, again, that's just the, the best part of, of it all is like just being able to hang out with your friends, play some music, have some fun, and hopefully some other people enjoy it also. And, you know, just have a great time. Awesome. Well, you know, Joel, uh, thank you so much for taking time every day to do, to, to do this interview. It was awesome to get to like meet you and talk to you and talk to you about the end of everything. Cause I think you guys have been killing it recently. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone who sees us or whatever, you know, come on over to the merch table, say hi. We always get have free shit on our merch table. So we got uh, stickers, we got pins. Those are always free. You know, it's the best way to, to introduce your band to people is to, to have them see you and, and if you can give if they don't if they don't want to buy something that's cool if money's tight that's cool i get it i understand how you know how money works 
but we always got some free shit. If you just want to come by and say hi, we're always we're always down to to say hello. Oh yeah, well, Joel, thank you once again. It's been so exciting, and you know, as always, thank you, the listener, for listening to this episode of the Crooked Eye Section. Um, to show your support and to stay up to date with all future episodes, make sure to subscribe and leave a five star review. You can find my social media, Joel's social media, as well as the end of everything social media in the podcast description below. Uh, make sure you go support all the guys, everything they're doing, and such incredible people, such incredible musicians. And as always, I will see you guys next time. Deuces. Deuces.